Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And today we're covering the brand new 1D&D announcement from Wizards and their new playtest for character origins. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm really excited about 6th edition. Yeah, sort of. Sort of. So, yeah. 5.5. 5.5. 5. 5. They're not even going. No, it's called 1D&D, Brian. It's just 1D&D. We're we're, we've we've uh, emerged above editions. We are, we are now but a single D&D. It is like when all the Chaos Emeralds uh, get absorbed by Sonic the Hedgehog and becomes a Super Saiyan. It's just one thing yes exactly yeah he's there not were, he's not the eight there were five and there were gonna be six and there still will be because that's how numbers work <laughs> exactly. and like when you make changes but yeah it's only only one there can only be one really yeah i mean there's only one current at a time yeah so there is that yeah that way there is one dd yes just like for crush it's only one current for him too from yeah finding Nemo, absolutely a new mainstay <laughs> reference on the show we're gonna shoehorn it into everything <laughs> So, for those of you who don't know, Wizards of the Coast just announced uh, that they are getting ready to do a huge update to 5th edition. They're they're calling it an update. They're saying that it is not a new edition. It smells very much like a new edition. Um, but whatever it's going to be, they, they have started playtests for it, and these playtests are going to run for the next year and a half or so. And they said they're, that they are set to launch the revisions of the core rulebooks and all this other stuff by 2024. Um, I wasn't joking when I said we've we've elevated ourselves above editions. Chris Perkins, who I adore his stuff, we both but do. He 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 literally did say that we there are no more editions. There is just one D and D. So I'm very curious how they're gonna go about that. Since episode one, I've called Chris Perkins Big Daddy. <laughs> Chris Perkins is Big Daddy. I have I haven't, but he has been. I <laughs> love the acquisitions Inc. stuff. Yes, like me their too. Podcast and everything. Me it's very too. Good, very good. Um, they are saying it's going to be backwards compatible. Um, I think that there's a caveat to that because when you uh, if you if you check out their their world reveal trailer, um, it's very specifically they very specifically say that it is their adventure modules over the last ten years and supplements that will be backwards compatible. Right, because you can't backwards compat a book you're rewriting supposedly. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's it. <laughs> I guess um, you can when you just rewrite it and so call it the same fucking thing. From what I'm I'm gathering, I think this is why. 
uh, Mordenkainen's and Volos have been subjugated to no longer canon, if you will. Yeah, I didn't uh, know that D and D did the death penalty, but yeah, there apparently it is. they did. Yeah, and Good as a matter of fact, Volos was a well received. <laughs> Exciting They're, book. I do it like it. It has this. some troubling writing in it. I'll agree with, the, Does with people it? on What's that. Wrong I, with, I what's wrong with so. it? I think there's some some a lot of people have issues with like the way races are written and there's a debate about like well old schoolers and new schoolers kind of but heads on this mm, about the way interesting. orcs are written. I think that's why they're doing one of the things they're doing is getting rid of the half orc specifically mm-hmm. and rewriting that to be not so problematic. Okay. You know? I see. Okay. Okay. Well, either way, those books are no longer canon. You can't even buy those books digitally anymore on DD Beyond. They're relics. Uh, they're yeah. They're called legacy now, um, and they are actively revising and re-releasing the core rule books. So I'm thinking these core rule books will probably have stuff that was in Morningkindens and Volos, stuff that didn't make it into yeah. multiverse. Uh, what is it? Monsters of the Multiverse. Right. Yes. So I think Monsters of the Multiverse and everything after that will be part of this backwards compatibility but anything before that i i don't know if it'll make it and that's why monsters of the multiverse seems as blank as it does Mm -hmm. uh in a lot of ways um i think is for that backwards compatibility could be possibly could be um they they say they're saying it's going to be built on the rules of 5e so you know um 5e is pretty rule scant yeah 5e was more like a deconstruction wasn't it yeah if you compare it to older editions for sure yeah like older editions even fourth edition which a lot of people said was like super dumbed down compared to 2e or 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 3.5 um had way more mechanics going on the 5e has at this point yeah Um, which i apparently a lot of people have a lot of problems with yeah okay so here's (laughs) here's my take on this is the Mm -hmm. The way they're presenting this is 5e has the cornerstone building blocks of the game Dungeons and Dragons that everybody loves. Mm-hmm, it's got mm-hmm. these big, chonky pieces for you to stand on. Yeah. But sure. there's all these little holes and gaps in it. Mm-hmm. And now they're just kind of like salt bay sprinkling all this other stuff <laughs> to fill those cracks okay. and then put new cool blocks on top of the ones that are already there. I like your analogy. Yeah. Thank okay. You. I like your take. Yeah. Anytime you get salt bay in there, <laughs> absolutely. He'll feed your wife, he'll feed your girlfriend in front of you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the playtest has begun. Uh, we're going to get into the PDF in a little bit. Um, they also were talking about big focus on virtual tabletop, which yes. I think is the right move. That's definitely the move of the future. But I think their idea here is that they you will have a play space for for all battle uh, battle encounter stuff, um, and every adventure module and book that they release will have digital content attached to it. That you could probably, and then if you don't buy the book, you could probably buy it individually yeah, to play I, with. I figure like you can do like, what you do now, yeah. which is go into D&D Beyond and like pick up a PDF for 15 bucks or whatever mm-hmm. it is, or mm-hmm. 30 bucks or whatever they're charging for it, yeah. right? But now if you bought, if you went and bought the physical book, it's available digitally. So like there's really, really good utility for that at a table when you have a player's handbook and normally you just pass your book around the table, but like, okay, just pop it up on your tablet, your laptop, your mm-hmm. phone. Yeah. Now everybody can just like chill and read at the same time. Like that's great. This is excellent. This sure, is excellent, absolutely, an excellent thing. Um, it I'm, comes with some baggage, though. It yeah. sounds like. Well, I'm sure they're gonna monetize like all all the little minis and stuff, but that's to be expected. Yeah, it I, is. I'm very curious. My main worry when it comes to the virtual tabletop is just the quality of its execution. Like, is it gonna be clunky? Is it gonna crash all the time? Are mechanics not gonna work right? The answer to that is probably yes to all those things. But eventually, maybe it'll work okay. We'll see. This is not the first time they've tried this. They tried this back and forth. It just it was horrible, but technology has gone a lot better, and they are 
definitely willing to spend a lot more money on it. Yes. So I remain cautiously optimistic, they're and I hope it, I hope it's good. They're utilizing Unreal Engine for like the visual yeah. graphic stuff. Yeah. I think that's a good move. It looks really good for what they're going to use yeah. it for. Yeah, yeah, it looked good in the trailer. Yeah, um, Legend yeah. of Zelda looks really good in Unreal. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. <laughs> I it always also... love watching the Ocarina playthroughs. Yeah, in that. me too. Me too. Um, so before we get on to the PDF, I want to go over just some of my personal thoughts. This is just stuff I literally uh, wrote down as I was both watching the trailer and and going through some discussion threads on the trailer. So um, my first thought was a very deep realization that for a lot of people, like I would even go as far to say as for most of the D&D fans that were watching this trailer, 5e was probably their first and only D&D experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Reading through the discussion threads and seeing some people panicking, some people unsure what to think, and a ton of people excited to see their particular 5e pet peeves addressed. It just it really reminded me of the old days before 5th edition and uh, the old edition wars like the edition wars haven't been a thing for a long time now, at least not the way they were. I before coming here to the studio, just going on some D and D like subreddits and stuff. The edition wars are on. It's on again. It's edition wars two. It's back, baby. It's, it's back. Like, it's like the chicken sandwich wars and yeah, fast food. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so people are fighting over editions again. I I do see in our YouTube comments um, some of some of the old guard coming out. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. And they've, in, they've always been there. Back in second edition, when I was a young man. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, you just wait. I guarantee you, all you 5e yeah, fans right now, fast forward 20 years, you're going to be the grognards you're gonna of be, the 2050s or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you're going to have your AR goggles on, like fucking back yell, in fifth yelling at edition, some YouTuber. Whatever everyone had dark vision. <laughs> yeah, they did. It was horrible. <laughs> Moving on. Um, but yeah, it, was oh, a, yeah. it was a fucking joke to, to add, on my favorite <laughs> podcast, the Dungeon Cast, that's still running. <laughs> still running. So um, to add on to what I was saying, though, is as someone and like my tenure in D&D is not I, I'm I don't go back as far as second edition. It'd be cool if I did. But I I played back in the early fourth edition days and this announcement and the way they're presenting it and the way this playtest feels is exactly the way they did what was called D&D Next, mm. which became D&D fifth edition. Um they basically presented it as like we want. I think back then though they were they were upfront about it being a new edition, but they they were like we want to hear what people want. We understand there's these two sections of D and D groups. We have the three point fivers or and or pathfinderers, and then we have the fourth edition players who are new and this is all they know. And we don't want to lose them, but we also want to bring you back. Right. Okay. And like, how do we make an edition that? is good for both everyone who's new and all the old folks that maybe we lost. Yeah. Um, and I think this is, like, them recognizing, like, okay, well, we need to evolve, but, like, how do we not lose everyone we just got? Mm-hmm. So we're going to do the play test. It works for D&D next. Let's do it for one D&D. I do think enough people are playing the game now to, like, we all just sort of realize that, like, or a lot of us realize that we're not Matt Mercer and aren't our favorite professional DM or GM, just like mm-hmm. you know, there are lots of great musicians out there that yes. aren't Lady Gaga, right? Or whatever, <laughs> Absolutely, you know? Lady Absolutely. Gaga's incredible. She is. She's. She's. I'm very impressed with her. I don't care for her music, but I am but nothing but impressed by multi-faceted her multifaceted talent. Absolutely, like that, right? So I will die on the hill that Lady Gaga is incredibly talented. Yeah, dude. and never listen to her music. Yeah, fucking wear that meat suit if you want. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. cool. Good for you. <laughs> I get. I get. I, 
I only get some of it, dude, but it's it's all great. Yeah, no, I respect it. Yes. But and, what were you saying about Matt Mercer? Uh, is that is like you can you can respect Matt Mercer and the way he does things and mm. at a high level and, and realize and that bring, it doesn't work for you. You bring your own flavor to the table. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And like, and I think a lot of people want to cover their shortcomings with mechanics. Um, maybe that's <sighs> one of the reasons. So okay. I feel what you're saying there, and I don't necessarily disagree. I think I do think that there is a tendency for people to they hit a, a blank spot in the what do the rules say, mm-hmm. and they want rules to fill that in, yes. and that's an okay feeling. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who feel that way. Um, I just think for, it's a different mentality from from me us, or you. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of against the spirit of the game as we know it in fight. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, it's like I rather just make it up or figure it out at the table or or whatever. But you know, another thing though is we're lucky. We are blessed with Josh Freeland and Jake and other people who we've played with who are just they're kind of in that same mentality of like let's figure it out together. Like, yeah, we're yeah, not beholden we're okay with- to the rules as if they're law. But some people like that structure. Well, for and that's us, okay too. Yes, for us, the story is the law, and right? Like the the thing we're trying to push together mm-hmm. is like, okay, well, we need this to cover this aspect of the mm-hmm. game, yeah. and since it's not written here, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Or the thing we've written they has been written here isn't what we need, so we'll manipulate it to be what we need. Exactly. Yeah. And, and some people don't want to do that, and that's okay. You yeah, don't have to want to do that. It's a different gaming experience. Like w- a lot of the time, we we've been trying to make a radio show, you know, for right. for three years. So D and D looks different to us than when we used to play before that's also true that's uh, also very and, true and that, yeah it's not everybody's experience and that's okay i think the rules are there to be a like i don't i guess a crutch like but I, that's um, that seems I, bad like, I, no that no like a bad I, way I think the rules it. are there to be a founding structure for you to build upon like a supplement yeah. to help you i so here's the thing i think that b- see, before fifth edition that was not wizards of the coast philosophy necessarily mm-hmm. fifth edition that's where they really really started to push that philosophy and it's worked great for them because I think for a game like this, it's kind of the the philosophy you have to have. Because any one rule set that they decide on any any uh, subject, whether that be space travel, regular travel, food, water. I mean, there are rules for these things. But no matter what rule they do they do make, and no matter how meticulously they try and design it, there will be huge subsets of people that hate it and will change it anyway. Right. It doesn't it, work it for doesn't, everybody's. There's table. no one thing they could put for anything that will work for even I would say more than 50% of any, everybody. Yeah, but the approach here is like we're going to try. Mm-hmm. I think their approach bef- up till now has been we're going to we're going to define rules where we feel like we have to and anywhere else we're going to leave it up to you guys. Yeah. And I think interestingly enough that there's been a huge backlash against that now in the community because I think what's happened is a lot of players who Fifth edition is all they know, or all or or what they were introduced with. Um, they are starting to feel confined by the lack of rules, which is strange to me. But they 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 are finding that they are probably having a, a an evolving taste when it comes to TTRPGs. Yeah. And there are other systems out there that might cater more to their style that they want. That's the other thing is like you don't you don't just have to play D and D. No, you don't. Guys. There are so like, many systems out there, and some of them are fantastic. I, I um, love D and D, but I, and I love Five E, but I've played Four E and I yeah. liked it a lot. Yeah, and 4E I played cool. I played a lot of Powered by the Apocalypse, and I love that system too. Yeah, that shit is absolutely. awesome. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. People love that one. Yeah, like, um, whether it be GURPS or Savage Worlds, like, obviously Pathfinder. Like these systems are different from D and D in a lot of ways. And if you are finding that you're not happy with with the way D and D's philosophy is of being a little bit more like rules or more of a suggestion. 
then you might want to check out some of these other systems. Because yeah, I don't, definitely. Yeah, because I don't think that's going to change. And honestly, I don't know if it changing is even a good thing because there was a time where they were a little bit more like the rules are the rules and, you know, like they're balanced and, and more meticulous and we have rules for everything. And things are just clunky and confusing and overwhelming and I hated it. Yeah. Like people swear by 3.5 and I respect 3.5 and Pathfinder too. I fucking hate those games. I do not like those games. I don't like them. I've played them many times. They just they feel confined and clunky to me and they're just too much for me. I don't like them. Yeah, when people talk to me about their Pathfinder characters and their games and the mm-hmm. moves they do, mm-hmm. I'm the fucking math meme where all the fucking formulas yeah. are flying and just like, and, like, and that's cool. It, it works for some people. It doesn't work for me and that's yeah, okay. Yeah, totally. And some people, they want to crunch them numbers, man. And yeah. I, cool, dude. Uh, cool. Like, do Absolutely. 138 damage five yeah. turns in a row. Like, sure. That, that sounds awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, not for me. No, but like, right, exactly. I'm, I'm super about it for you. That's, exactly. That's good. I feel like I have sh- like my shortcomings as a DM are covered by like mostly the monster manual. Mm, like, mm. D- dude, I just like ah, I want a monster that's like this, and then I like flip through and I'm like, yeah, here's some cool challenge rating stuff. Like D and D Beyond has a real cool challenge rating filter. Thank mm-hmm. you, Marcos. Uh, and we <laughs> we're going through. I'm going through there last night, and I'm like, okay, like I need like a challenge rating three and I need a couple of them Mm -hmm. and like, okay, here's the Minotaur. But like the thing I have in the brain doesn't look and, or have an ax or like whatever. It doesn't have horns, but like it has this AC and HP and damage. And there we go. As a structure, you'll, you'll handle the flavor. Yeah. I just had the Minotaur up and I'm like, okay, it's got like a plus six to whatever and blah, blah, blah. This looks balanced for me. And I just like ignore like the CR gave me the, sort of general idea of what i want right and then exactly. like yep. go from go from there yep. i mean like that's that's how i use the books to like supplement that's, my game that's how i do it too and that's just how i've naturally always done it. i never really questioned why i did it that way or 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 whatever but i think a lot of people either haven't thought to do it that way or don't like the idea of doing it that way and yeah that's okay uh, it, like the the whole point of, of doing it that way is yeah. like my story ruled that decision exactly this is happening and mm-hmm. i need I need to slot in something to fit the scenario, and here it is, right here. I'll just plop it right down. It looks like this now, though. Yeah. And, like, maybe instead of that plus six, it's a little too strong for my guys. How about we do a little less hits and go with the Mm -hmm. plus four Mm -hmm. or whatever? I think think what some people are complaining about is they think that is too much work, like everything you did. And I don't—for me, it's not. It's easy for me to do that, but— it's also easy for some people to do all the clunky numbers that we just talked about that you and I don't like doing. That's true. So, like, everyone's brain's different. Everyone does things different. Either way, I predict that one D&D will pretty quickly become either uh, colloquially known as 5.5 or just 6th edition once it officially launches. Um, I think that we are going to get something with a lot more rules. And I do think they are going to try and make those rules to be better balanced. What if they start, like, this is edition one? New, and then new, six, new edition one six seven years from now they're like this is edition two not second edition no 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 edition yeah. two i think there would be such huge backlash i, I think there'd be massive backlash. feel enraged thinking about <laughs> That's it. no they're just modeling their their last rebrand yeah. D next yeah. D one or right. one D. it's yeah. just like it's right there yeah you know yeah, exactly it worked last time it worked last rebrand. time rebranding is hard a lot of People, businesses, they don't survive their rebrands. Yeah, it's like, true. Branding is important. Or just rebrands or just failures and they go back to the old brand. <laughs> yeah, or like I'm rebranding to protect my old brand so I can leave it and come back to it. Right, yes, Like yes. Snoop Dogg. 
He became Snoop Lion. You guys remember that shit? He did reggae for a whole album. He did. For like eight months. I Snoop Dogg was a different person. He's still smoking weed. See, he was the same person. Different name. No, he's Snoop Lion. It's <laughs> okay. a different brand. He's a different dude. He's doing different stuff. Gotcha. He's wearing Rasta colors. Okay. It's like what he's doing. And okay. now he's Snoop Dogg again, and he killed it at the fucking Super Bowl wearing that fucking he all He always would have killed it as Snoop Dogg, though. As Snoop Dogg, but would a Snoop Lion have gone over well at the Super Bowl in front of all those people? Probably Maybe not. not but Probably that's not. the thing. He was able to move away, protect his brand, and come back to it. Is I that, guess so. That's not what's happening here. This is no. a full-on rebrand. No, this is not. No, it's not a full-on rebrand. It's a step to the right or whatever. Um, I think, or a step forward? I think it's a it's a name uh, 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 placement for their playtest. Climbing that ladder. Yeah, something. Okay. Get them, wizards. So I think that uh, this whole concept of... of a revised D&D, whether it be a 5.5 or a 6E, it's probably a good thing. I'm excited about it. I'm not a rules-heavy person, as we have just discussed, but more tools added to the toolbox is always good. Like, yeah, yeah you're going to give me all these new rules. I'm going to pick and choose which ones I want, and the ones I want, I'll want because they're really good, and my game will be better because of it. Every book we've covered, every, mm-hmm. like, separate, um, like, uh, what is it called? Like a world, like there's Forgotten Realms. There's oh, settings. Every setting. Every setting mm. has introduced some sort of new mechanic or flavor to sure. the game's mechanics or lore, right? So yeah. we every time we cover one of those, it's cool. It's like, ooh, I could use that in my homebrew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fucking dope. Like it almost is. every yeah. single book had something cool in it. Like, yeah. Sick. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think a ton of people are going to begin seeing why people like me have a tendency to not remember the minutia of the rules. So anyone who watches Super Quest Saga knows that if someone asks me what a condition does, I have no fucking idea. We just yeah, we, we got we gotta look it up. We just look it up. My brain's not gonna remember that because I have three editions of shit in my head. Um, right, and like, that's what's gonna start happening to all of you too as we keep moving forward. You you were call- <laughs> like you did really good up until like the last three episodes, and then he started calling them will saves again. I was like, oh, shit. Did I say that? <laughs> yeah, I, I think at yeah, least once. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's the fourth edition. Or, yeah, I think I think I caught you in, towards the end, like, yeah, it's a bluff check. And I'm like, don't, don't do oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's deception. Everyone gets yep. so mad. Yeah. Everyone I, gets so mad it's unnecessarily. It it's going to happen to you, too. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, like, it will. Oh, I got to learn a whole new character mm-hmm, sheet. Bullshit. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I think the visual table or the visual, the virtual tabletop stuff looks awesome. Um, I'm a bit skeptical of its quality, like I said before. Yeah, and um, you mean like the flow of play? Yeah, the flow of play, and 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 you know, like also like, are we gonna have macros like that we could program onto these minis? You know, and if so, like, what if they're not working right? You know, just like how, what's the quality of life gonna be like when it comes to the experience? So, yeah, we'll find out. Right now, we have like roll twenty and foundry to jump off of, pretty much, and a, a few other offshoots. Mm-hmm. And yeah, which I haven't really tested those out, so I don't know how good those are. I know I'm not a fan of roll twenty, like. Mm-hmm. I've tried so many times to really learn it, and I cannot. It's uh, my brain is having a really hard time getting over this learning curve. Okay, um, Foundry I haven't tested because Roll Twenty left a bad taste in my mouth, mm. and I I really like Theater of the Mind. Like, yeah, Theater of the Mind works. It's it's very simple. But what's funny is I didn't start doing Theater of the Mind strictly until we started recording. <laughs> yes, because it becomes like. So, it's so cumbersome, yeah, yeah. Unless you just have a huge production, like sight and cameras and all this stuff to make it all happen, mm-hmm. and a whole team behind it, which we don't have. Right, like, dude, I'm some stretch sometimes, like moving shit around, and like, mm-hmm. like if I have to DM that and like, yeah, worry about all of our equipment and stuff, like, yeah. So, so now at this point though, it's it's become the norm for me. So yeah, switching 
back to to having minis and all the other stuff is going to be a little strange uh if if and when i ever do it yeah i, I play a game with coworkers that has that structure like we're gonna theater of the mind until like we get into combat basically and then, yeah and then we're yeah. gonna throw down you know like i got them right here pens i got uh, expo markers right there mm-hmm. and we're gonna just draw it out and put the, i've got some stock minis just to have you know yeah. like not everybody likes to play that way um Especially newer players, I've found are like everybody at that table is new to D and D. Yeah, the minis help them a lot in combat. Yes, yes. There's a lot of questions, and it saves time. And it's like, okay, I can visually, visually, it doesn't in my imagination doesn't matter to me like mm-hmm. so much placement. Yeah, it's like ah, we're gonna be able to get everybody's gonna be able to get to wherever they need to go and do the whatever the thing. Mm-hmm. It does get clunky. unless they specifically can't. Unless they unless they can't. But yeah. like I'm designing the combat so that. It, yeah, but what I mean is like you might design a combat so they specifically can't get to a specific. Oh, yes, yeah, that's what yeah, I meant. Sure. Yeah, sure. But the things that do get weird with that, there are problems with it where you gotta like, okay, let's take a break and figure out where everybody actually is so I can do this fucking cone spell and hit the people <laughs> I'm supposed right. to. So yeah, there are drawbacks to theater. There are. Yeah. Um. So any thoughts you want to add to their announcement of one D and D before we get into this awesome uh, playtest material for for the possible next edition or whatever they're gonna call it? I saw somebody writing the word borf down during the announcement video borf borf and like some really serious music and conversation was going on when i saw that and i was mm-hmm. like it says borf it was like a shot of a character sheet or something like that mm-hmm. or a notebook and somebody with a pencil writing the word borf b-o-r-f, B-O-R-F. and the f is complete it's not the start of another word like they complete the f <sighs> and, and then, then lift done. their pencil and then the text <laughs> and screen fade. that was in the trailer yes <laughs> It's like Chris Perkins is telling me about like his ideal like vision for the future and like it's like did I just see the fucking word borf and I know they did that shit on purpose. I have to go back. I did not notice. Yeah, I did that, not notice. Yeah, there was there's some funny little details in there that right. I think um that's hilarious. Are cool. It, that kind of embodies this the spirit of D&D too. It's like True. Bobblin the Goblin. Bobblin the know, Goblin. Stuff like that. Exactly. Borf. This dude's name is Borf. <laughs> There, there, is, there is an inherent comedy to D and D because it's a fucking ridiculous game. It is. Let's take a short rest. Okay. Shout out to Demogorgon. Shout out to. Shout out to. Shout out to Demogorgon. Oh yeah. Shout out to Demogorgon. Shout out to. Shout out to. Shout out to Demogorgon. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. 
Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We've returned. Indeed we have. We're back at it again, and we're talking about the next big thing in Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, I guess I guess we are. And it's not a monster, and it's it's not a new book. Well, maybe it's a new book. It's a lot of oh, new it'll books. Oh, it'll be, it'll be it'll new be books for sure books. by the time, by 2024. So, it's uh, just an abstract concept. The playtest for 1D&D is live, and they have started with the Unearthed Arcana called Character Origins. Now, this is basically a... A new take on how to create a character. This uh, PDF focuses mostly on character race and character background. Um, and it also has sections for uh, some feats, which we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. That looks way different now. Yes. Huh? Yes. Okay. And then um, there's also been like a myriad of like rule adjustments and changes, which we'll get into. Um, I have some just general thoughts before we actually go over the, the, the actual PDF. Um, so let's start there. My biggest takeaway after going through this thing is that they've done big changes to races and more importantly to backgrounds because mm-hmm. now ability score increases are tied specifically to a character's background rather than their species and culture. Um, also, backgrounds are uh, customizable and uh, default. They are fully customizable with some suggestions, which we'll, we'll get to. To me, um, I think this is really cool. I think it makes a ton of sense, and I'm a fan of it. Yes, because, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, yeah. This makes way more sense to yes, me than exactly. the other. The alternative is to, like, I don't know, uh, humans are usually like this. Right, exactly. It's like just generalizations that uh, they are just more cumbersome for no reason. Yeah, I, I think I think it, so. It just it just makes sense that somebody who was who who lived the life of a criminal maybe has ability scores that they developed over their life that lean towards those actions. Yeah. Versus like, I don't know, just some dark elves well, I guess dark elves having, you know, the plus two to decks makes sense in a in, in a lore aspect, but when it comes to the individual, it's just a, it's a little bit more generalized. Right. It's you know? too, it's too general yeah. in a in a way like this piece of the pie, you generalized it as much as you possibly could, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think this is actually a really great uh idea and I think the way that they implement it is really cool. We'll we'll check it out in a bit. Okay. They've also taken uh, the tool, language, and equipment proficiencies have been taken away from the races. Now, I love this because I never liked. Like, it's like okay, well, I'll be a a I don't know. Um, well, I'll use Drow again because Drow I think have had like a uh, a weapon proficiency. I don't remember what it was now, but I'm pretty sure they had it. I'll look it up real quick actually. Um, 
And while you're doing that, the, yeah. the, 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 there's nothing more out of place when I'm building a character in 5e than when I get to the tool proficiencies. And it's come up on the show a couple times yeah. where I'm like, it never feels right. Like, it's the same, like, kind of smallish list of tools. And it it's just like, ah, oh, am I going to brewer supply again? Like, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just you know you don't have to you don't have to pick a tool if it doesn't make sense for your character to have a tool, just don't have a tool. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna pick you're gonna pick the thing because we're playing a game and you want the extra stuff, right? I guess, but like whether yeah. it gets used or not, like right, and is it part of my character build to use this tool? Like when I was a new player, I felt obligated to use everything I had. Like, okay, well, I have it for a reason. Let me use it. Right. And, and that was the kind of the wrong approach, I think. Um, I was gamifying it a lot, right? Like, right. To ga- cartographer's tools are one of my favorites because they feel like they're the best. Like, dude, making maps, we're exploring. That mm-hmm. makes fucking sense that somebody in the party should be doing that. Sure. But uh, I don't know. Like, it, it just always felt clunky. Like, Okay, I got it here. Okay. <laughs> so Drow's had weapon training, uh, proficiencies in rapiers, short swords, and crossbows. Okay. But it's just like, if you're a Drow wizard who has spent your entire life never even sniffing a sword, like, you're super into your arcane spells and whatnot, like, you just being able to also use rapiers, short swords, and crossbows that, like, aren't even necessarily that useful to your class, like, it just just doesn't make sense just because you were born a drow means that you're good with these weapons it makes sense if you lived a life in which like you were trained with these weapons that's what i was gonna say which i think is what they're trying to allude to based off like the old drow lore of like well all drow were raised this way well it's like well yeah. not in my world not in my drow like not my character <laughs> yeah like, like you, you should, don't have you woke, that option you woke up on tuesday and you had to go to drow school to learn right drow shit. exactly we're doing light crossbows today guys right don't forget to remember this shit on your character sheet when you go adventuring exactly okay? so it's it's like that shouldn't be tied to your species. It should be tied to your experience as whether how you grow up or what you've been doing as an adult, which means it's tied to background again, which is great. Yeah, so I was, I was makes taught sense. skills as a child that I don't fucking care for at all and won't ever use again out of like whether it's like a combination of spite and uselessness of sure. the general skill. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I, but the, you weren't taught those things because you're a human. Uh, I mean, you were taught them because I was actually. What do you mean? I mean, I had to go to school. I well, I guess I guess not. Not not all I'm a human. humans go yes, to American right. school. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what I meant to say is I'm American. <laughs> yes. So yeah, there's some obligations there. So it's tied to your background. Yeah. Not okay. to your species. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> uh, they've also introduced the concept of leveled feats, specifically in this PDF, level one feats. Now this is not a new idea when it comes to D&D as a whole, but it is very new to 5th edition. So um, in in older editions, like you had to either meet cer- certain prerequisites, including level sometimes, uh, to take a feat. And 5th edition has not been like that. You just had to be either, you know, choose human so you could get a feat or... Be level uh, 4. Be level 4, yeah. You yeah. Basically, every time you hit an ability score increase, you could take a, a feat, if your DM allowed that option. Yeah, I roll. randomly got good at this one thing, and it, it doesn't really make sense in the story, but like, <laughs> well, I, I mean, did it. That's up to you guys to try and make it make sense. But I will say this. Everyone gets a feat at level 1, but specifically, you have to pull from the level 1 feats. Um, I think this is an interesting idea. I think, I, I think I'm a fan of it, but we'll go over it as we go along. Um... Giving all a oh okay they they had I watched this whole hour long video on this PDF right and okay. Chris Perkins or was it no it was Jeremy Crawford Chris one of them talked about <laughs> I can't remember one of those fools <laughs> they were both all up in that fucking shit they were but they they had this philosophy of giving 
all races at least one trait that was an active ability. Cool. So, okay. like, tieflings have always had active ability stuff, like spells and stuff that you get. While dwarves and humans and stuff, well, humans get the feed if you go with the variant rate uh, version, but they all of their traits were very passive stuff. Stuff that doesn't really, like, may not come up and may not, like, yeah, dwar- give the species a flavor. Dwarves you know, know I mean? all about rocks, especially if somebody touched those rocks. Right. Especially if dwarves touch those right. rocks specifically. So they know everything about it. Yeah. So now dwarves still, of course, have the, the stone cunning that, that you know about that you just described. But now they also have an active ability where uh, so many times a day, if they come in contact with stone, they can touch it and as an action gain tremor sense Ooh, for a limited amount of time. Neat. Right. Uh, we're going to go over that in a bit. So like every. I feel you. So every single race in the game now gets an active ability. Excellent. So I think Sounds I think cool. it's a cool idea. So they didn't take it all away. They left some there. For, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You you'll see for sure. Um, they have options for multiracial characters, which I think is a great idea. Cool. I think the way they've implemented it is is the laziest way they could have. I don't know. You were saying there's no more half orc. Now uh, there's a. Now they just have the orc in there. Um, the idea here is orc. you can make make a half orc, but what you do is you choose the mechanics of one and then make it look how you want. Okay. And like, that's a balanced way to do it, but I, I do find that boring because I th- I would think maybe I'm wrong here that if you're trying to make I don't know like a a drow goblin blend because you're you are um, a droblin a droblin if you will. Okay. Um, you would probably want to mix and match traits, which obviously is going to lead to metagaming and a bunch of other stuff. But maybe there is a way where you can, like, maybe we can have traits that are, f- like, we could have, like, tier one traits, tier two traits, and tier three traits. So Categorize, like, so you can swap them out. Exactly. Like category yes. A traits are swappable with like, other categories. You only get A one traits. of the active traits. Yeah, you yeah. only get one of the, the visions. You only get one of the... I think that would be cooler. Obviously, right. that's more difficult to implement, but I, to me, that's how I would want to do it. Yeah, you have this uh, like that cross chart, that array of um, like selection where mm-hmm. like we've got like nine ingredients for sandwiches, but with those nine ingredients, you can make, make one billion eight hundred sandwiches. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Fuck yeah, we're that's Subway. Exactly. Don't get the tuna. <laughs> exactly. Don't listen to what we say about the tuna. We said the tuna's real, but fucking everybody knows, dude. Everybody knows what's up with your shit. I've you never know, had tuna for Subway. I hate why is Subway. That? So okay, there you go. There's a good reason not to have the tuna. Is you generally don't enjoy the establishment. The reason you shouldn't get the tuna is have you seen that shit? No, I haven't. I've never looked at it. Don't. My PC is about to die. Oh, we should we plug it? We'll, in? we'll make it. I well, we'll see. You said about to die. <laughs> it says it's running low. Let me check. Okay. Um, how low it was at 51. Now it's at 12. Can it we'll go, see. Can we'll it see how. Low? We'll see how low it goes. Okay. Um, Let's see. One thing that they said. Oh, yeah. Default. I already said this default background is to build your own, but they have some example ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the first level feats that they've introduced in this book, uh, none of them have that plus one to an ability score that some feats for fifth edition have. Yeah. But they did say that feats at higher levels will probably have those. OK, cool. Um, finally. Oh, the, yeah. So they they have spell lists in this pdf and they ha- are moving away from having spell lists attached to classes yes i saw they that are now that's very cool attaching them to in three different categories um this is not a new idea this is directly from fourth edition where mm-hmm. all abilities fell into one uh, then it was four categories including these three um but now all magic will fall into three categories those categories are arcane primal and divine and they will have arcane 
they have arcane, primal, and divine spell lists. So obviously, wizard is arcane. You'll pull from the arcane spell list. My question is, what are they going to do with some of these like celestial sorcerers? Right. I was just about to ask about the sorcerer in particular. Is that arcane or is that primal? It will probably depend on your origin. Is the way I see it, probably. Uh huh. So I guess we'll find out. We don't know. Right. There okay. are no classes in this, but I do think it's it's a, a simplified way. Uh, to categorize them, and I think it's a good thing. And it, it to me, it smells like keywords as a general thing are going to come back. They were huge in fourth edition. I don't remember how big they were in third, but like everything had keywords, and it was a really good, easy way to to write rules to affect or to affect specific things in a specific way by just saying like this keyword, it, like it only affects these keywords or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So I feel like keywords are, are coming back. Okay. But we'll see. I'm not as familiar with keywords cause I have played fourth edition, but only like once pretty right. much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was that so, like four games or how many games did, did we just, it was two, it was two games. It was, two games. It was okay, a two yeah. shot. Yeah. Two it was shot. Fun. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, any questions before we just start going over the PDF? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So I got the PDF open here, and it basically kind of has a little rundown on, like, uh, races, backgrounds, starting languages. Um, it talks about the first level feats, and there's a rules glossary. It's, it's a table of contents is what it is. Um, but let's jump down to character races here. And starting with, it looks like the human. So the human here, um, we got the, the medium size, although I know that they were talking about being able to adjust your size depending depending on your race, but I think human was one of them where you could be small or, or medium. Oh, yeah, on... it says there, medium or small, chosen when you select this race. Okay, that's uh, cool. Lifespan 80 years. Uh, they get a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, trait called resourceful. You gain inspiration whenever you finish a long rest. Nice. As a human. You gain inspiration? That's pretty good. Yeah. Inspiration, they seem like they're doing a lot with it. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get down to the new rules, but it seems like inspiration is, like, they want inspiration to be a centerpiece of your gameplay. Oh, that's like, fun. I love inspiration. I love giving cool. it out. Yeah. Um, they, they, they want to design it in a way where it gets given out more regularly. And There's a mechanic for it because it's up to you as the DM to assign inspiration. Right. So in they're, they're introducing yeah. a mechanic for it, and they're also they're, they're trying to make it so that like they encourage the players to use it and not just hoard it. Yes, that's the yeah. other thing. Is they're yeah. not fucking ethers, dog. Just yeah. fucking burn it so I can yeah. give you a new one, dog. Right. You, just, you do <laughs> cool shit all game. Exactly. You do cool shit all game. <laughs> I want this, but uh -huh. I like the way I do it. Uh -huh. Um We'll see. We'll see if you yeah, like the way see, they do it. I, now we're getting into the weeds for me because, like, we're gamifying this thing, and it can be anything that is gamifiable is abusable. Yes, exactly. Right, that is very true. Okay. Um, next, humans get skillful. You gain proficiency in one skill of your choice. That was something that I think the the um, alt human what was it? Variant. variant the variant human had, except for I think you could choose two. And then versatile, you gain the skilled feat or another first level feat of your choice. So you're going to get, as a human, an extra feat at the beginning, which is great because I think, you know, that's kind of been human's thing for the last like four editions. Yes, so. yes, yes. Very cool. Everybody um, wants that feat. It, it, it gives you so much flavor. Yeah. It rewards that flavor. It backs up that flavor with mechanics. Right. Good mechanics. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, all backgrounds get a feat. So this is a f extra feat. You will get two level one feats. As a human, it's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Nice. Next up, we have a new race called the Ardlings. Ardlings. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this for you. So Ardlings are supernal beings who are either born on the upper planes or have one or more ancestor who originated there. Their bright souls shine with the light of immortal beings who call the upper planes home. So, um, Azamar? 
An Ardling has a head resembling that of an animal. Typically, Uh-oh. one of the virtuous, <laughs> one with virtuous associations. Uh oh. Depending on the animal, the Ardling might also have soft fur, downy feathers, or supple bare skin. God furries? <laughs> yeah. Depending on. Oh, yeah, I heard that. The Ardling's celestial legacy determines the animal <laughs> resembles. An Ardling gains a measure of magical power from the celestial legacy, as well as the ability to manifest spectral wings. An Ardling's moral and ethical outlook is self determined, however, not fixed by ancestry. There are three types we have exalted, heavenly, and idyllic. Uh, yeah, they're God phrases. I am the God Beaver. <laughs> I stay up all night and fuck up wood. So. Also, here are my wings. <laughs> <laughs> This is so, insane. So, um, are you serious? People are up in arms. Yeah. Okay. Um, they don't like it. A lot of people seem not to care for it. I'm. I think people are mad because it's it's treading on ASMR, right? Yes, or, it or is. Asamar, whatever, you, however you pronounce it. But other people feel the opposite. They're like, well, ASMR have never like satisfactorily been the foil to the tiefling that this is. This is the foil to the tiefling? Yes, this is the foil to the tiefling. It's actually pronounced A-A-S-M-R. Is it really? No. Okay. That's, so, a, that's a key and peel joke and, and, I stole. Okay. <laughs> and then we will get to, to how they've uh, they've done a little bit of revamping for the tieflings. Uh, but yes, this does mirror it exactly. Um, so I think it's funny to call them god furries. The idea here, though, is that uh, there are other types of celestials we haven't really covered on the show. Uh, called Gardinals. Also, there are, um, oh my gosh, there's Gardinals, and then there's there's another type. I don't remember. Either way, some of them have like beast forms. They're like beast form angels. This is some fucking so- backwards Dark Tower shit if I've ever seen it, dude. They've got like demon animals in Dark Tower that are like born from the primordial soup, but they, main- they maintain a humanoid shape with like mm-hmm. a rat face or a bird. Sure. Or, like, yeah. It yeah. is... It, 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 so my thing is this is I actually think there is room here for the ASMR and the Ardlings to kind of be merged because we have three ties, right? We have exalted, heavenly, and idyllic, and each of them is tied to either the lawful good planes, the neutral good planes, or the chaotic good planes, right? Okay. Um, my understanding, which is very limited because I don't know that much about like Gardinals and whatnot, but Gardinals I always thought were neutral good. So why don't we just have the ASMR be the lawful good ones, and they don't look animal-like, but you still have your foil to tiefling angelic celestial race, and then your neutral ones are based off cardinals, and then your chaotic good ones can be based off the one that I can't remember the name of. This is strange. <laughs> That's my take. Anyways, let's continue to go over it. So, Exalted, uh, the fierce passions of Arborea, the heroic heart of Isgard, and the wondrous nature of the Beastlands call to Ardlings who have the exalted celestial legacy. Their celestial ancestors are heroic champions of the chaotic good planes. Heavenly, the blissful harmony of Arcadia and unwaving justice of Mount Celestia and the, I'm not reading that word, of Bitopia, touch the souls of Ardlings who have the heavenly celestial legacy. Their celestial ancestors are staunch defenders of lawful good planes. And then finally, idyllic. Uh, Ardlings, not only to the Beastlands and Bitopia, but also to the internal compassions of Elysium. Their celestial ancestors are paragons of kindness who hail from the neutral good planes. Um, Ardlings uh, can be small or medium. Uh, they have a lifespan of 200 years on average. Um, they get the angelic flight action as a bonus action. You sprout spectral wings for a moment and fly up to a number of feet equal to your speed. If you are in the air at the end of this movement, you fall. Uh, you can use this bonus action number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, um, and you regain all uses on a long rest. Um, and then you get some spells tied to 
Witch of the Plains, Exalted Heavier Idyllic. Okay. Um, there's also Suggested Animals. I really don't care about that. Um, but the Exalted Ones, you get Thaumaturgy, Divine Favor, and Lesser Restoration. Heavenly Ones get Light, Cure Wounds, and Zone of Truth. And Idyllic get Guidance, Healing Word, and Animal Messenger. Now, this is a block based off of what exists in 5e now, right? This what do you play mean? Testing. These are the spells as they work in fifth yes, edition. Yes, 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 right. yes, okay. absolutely. Um, so that's you. You would choose one of these three celestial legacies. Um, like I said, I feel like there's room here for the Azamar, um, but right now, for now, it's just the Ardling. This is spaghetti if I've ever seen it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's what this is, right? We're just fucking seeing what sticks. Yeah, the Dragonborn really hasn't changed much. It's essentially the same one from the player's handbook, except for they updated the die on the breath weapon attack to a D10. Oh, cool. Uh, they also gave it dark vision. Huh. <laughs> it well, didn't okay, before. Okay, wait. They, should, they yes. should have had it, and they didn't. Yes. And everyone uh, else has it, maybe they shouldn't. I have mixed feelings here. <laughs> but yes, if anyone should have it, these ones should have right. it. Right. The main complaint right now for this Dragonborn is that its breath is a blatant downgrade from the Fizzban Dragonborn breath. Which, oh, right. That one's they can good, use right? their breath as one of their attack actions. And with... Their proficiency bonus as a tie-in to the amount of uses, right? Uh, yeah. Well, that has this too. Oh, okay. But I'm just cool, talking cool, the, cool. just the straight up like the 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 use of it. So like, with the chromatic dragonborn specifically, which is the one I'm more familiar with because that's the character that I rolled up recently. Um, as one of your attacks, mm-hmm. and you know, at yeah, level five very, you'd have to. Good. You can attack and then breathe. What this is like, one breath is your whole action, and so people aren't are unhappy about that. But I do not think that's going to stick around. So I don't think that's anything to worry about as long as people give their feedback, and they will. Yeah, this is a chance to rebalance everything. So <clears throat> yeah, if it sticks that way, it should just feel mm-hmm. good against other abilities of its class or whatever. Right. You know. Um, next up, we have dwarf, and you'll notice a couple things about the dwarf. The, the first you'll notice is that there's only one type of dwarf. There's not hill dwarf and mountain dwarf anymore. Um, they this is one D and D. Yeah, only one dwarf. <laughs> Wizards has decided that they're only doing like sub races if there is like a particular magical reason for it. Like the difference between hill and mountain dwarf was just cultural. Yes. So that should be reflected in the background, not in the species. I like that. Yeah, me too. I also think it's a good idea. So we have one dwarf here. You get dark vision, dwarven resilience. It's the poison damage resistance and advantage on poison saves. Very lore. Yeah. Toughness. Uh, dwarven toughness increases your hit point by one for every level. Forge-wise, your divine creator gave you an uncanny affinity for working with stone or metal. Uh-oh, we got some proficiencies here. You gain tool proficiency with two of the following options of your choice. Um, jewelers, tools, mason tools, smith tools, and tinker tools. Now, this is unusual because they've gotten rid of this on a lot of other the the races. Um, hmm. But I guess it's stuck around for dwarves. Very lore. <clears throat> yeah, very, very lore. lore. And then okay. sto- stone cunning. As a bonus action, you gain tremor sense within a range of 60 feet for 10 minutes. You must be on a stone surface or touching such a surface to use this tremor sense. This stone can be natural or worked. You can use this bonus action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. So this is that active ability that yeah they're giving everybody. Obviously... The the Ardlings had those spells. The um, the human gets the inspiration, and the Dragonborn gets the breath. Dwarves get this tremor sense thing. Yes. Moving on to elves. Um, <clears throat> let me see here. Lineage for elves. They still. It looks like they're doing high. They're doing the the main three from the player's handbook. So we have Drow, High Elves, and there what else? It is right there. Coralon, Arbander, <clears throat> Lolth. I'm seeing it all. Yeah. It's all there. So we got Dark Vision, of course. Their lineage, we'll go over in a second. Fey Ancestry, that's the same. Keen Senses is the same. You get a perfe- perception skill. Trance is the same. You don't need to sleep. Um, 
for this is the differences it's in the lineages so drow remain the same you get dancing lights dark increased dark vision fairy fire and darkness that's the same as they've always been okay high elves rather than just get an extra cantrip you get prestidigitation as a cantrip whenever you finish long rest you can place that cantrip with a different cantrip so whatever cantrip you want for the day Okay. Off the arcane list because wow. you're a high elf. Pretty cool. Uh, the detect magic spell at level three and misty step at level five. It's because they're always smoking <clears throat> weed and they I can't think... remember what cantrips they <laughs> have, so they keep changing. <laughs> I think that's a big increase on the original high elf. Uh, for the wood elf, you get your speed increase that you normally get from PHP, and then you get the druid crafts uh, cantrip, uh, long strider at level three, and pass without trace at level five. Very fitting. I think this is great. Yeah, I think that cool. works very nice. This seems real good. Yeah. Moving on. Gnome traits. Um, gnomes are small. They live about 425 years. They get dark vision. Gnomish cunning. That's the same thing. Advantage on intelligence, wisdom, charisma saves. Gnomish lineage. So they're kind of, yeah, they're doing lineages now. That's the new word. Okay. Forest gnome and rock gnome. It looks like the only two they got. And let's see. What do you get for being either? So forest gnome, you get the minor illusion cantrip. Okay. So they're following the same template of like cantrip. And then a spell at level three and a spell at level five. Yeah. So the fourth gnome is minor illusion, followed by speak with animals, and it looks like that's it. What's the? Are we still doing a level twenty cap on on this game? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like with the you know the staggering of the ability handout or the spell handout. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I doubt it goes beyond level twenty. Uh, I certainly wouldn't be lower. No. No. Um, well, you know, maybe it would. It's it's never been. It's always been twenty, except for uh, fourth edition where it was thirty. Okay, see that that my bets were like okay, if they do scale it back, it's fifteen. If but no, I don't think so either. Yeah, it'll probably be twenty in all likelihood. But also, what about thirty? Right, and that's like this upper tier of play. It's like almost a different game. Right, that was the idea with fourth edition. The problem is like most campaigns barely get past ten. Yeah. So yeah. That's true. Uh, Rognome, you know, the Mending and Prestidigitation cantrips. In addition, you can spend 10 minutes casting Prestidigitation to create your tiny clockwork device. Again, your tiny clockwork device was exactly what you got mm-hmm. normally anyway, so nothing really new here. Um, halfling, Brave, Halfling, Nimilus, Lux, Natural Stealth, all stuff you got before. Orc, here we go. So we no longer have the Half-Orc, we have the Orc. So you get adrenaline adrenaline rush. You can take the dash action as a bonus action. When you do so, you gain a number of temporary hit points equal to your proficiency bonus. Um, you can use this trait equal to your proficiency bonus. Dark vision, powerful build. You count as a size larger because you're so strong. Relentless endurance. You are when you are reduced to zero hit points but not killed outright. You can drop to one hit point instead. Uh, once you use this trait, you can't do so for until uh, you finish long rest. So yeah, that's pretty identical. Tiefling is a big one. We've got some changes here. Um, we have three lineages now, specifically for the teeth. We have Abyssal, Chthonic, and Infernal. Okay. So the Infernal one is mostly identical to the classic PHB um, Tiefling. Okay. With the exception that you not just get Hellish Rebuke in Darkness, but you also get the Firebolt Cantrip. Ooh, so nice. If, which is great, because back when I used to roll D'Artagnan, I always wish I had the Firebolt Cantrip, because it felt like something he should be able to do. But I, I would have had to take a feat to make that happen. Yeah. And yeah. like now it just like it seems like it should have been this way. So this is good. Okay. The other two are interesting. So <clears throat> obviously Infernal means that your your fiendish legacy is, is tied to like the nine hells, to devils. Yeah. Um Abyssal, demons. Mm-hmm. And Gathonic is all the other shit between. <laughs> yeah. So like uh that sea uh that sea 
H T H says a lot about what's going on there. Um, no, not actually. So Are you sure I, it's not Chthonic. No, I understand where you're going coming from. Um, but the word Chthonic is ancient Greek, and it's ref- okay. it refers to all the gods from the underworld. So Hades, Persephone, uh, the Aranese, the oh okay, all them. so They're some Chthonic. pagan shit. Yeah, no, well, Chthonic <laughs> uh, just means like underworld. Got it. That's okay. what it's referring to, and it's why these ones have. Seem to have a tie to undeath and necrotic damage. Oh, I see. Night yeah. Hag, Eugolith, Neutral <clears throat> Evil, Fiendish Ancestor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. but I understand what, you know, when you see the CHT, you're just like, uh, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah. But it's not. It's super not. Uh, so, yes. Cthulhu. The, <laughs> the Abyssal Tiefling gets resistance to poison damage. You also know the poison spray cantrip. Uh, third level, you get ray sickness. And fifth level, you get hold person. Me. The Chthonic, a Fiendish Legacy, you have resistance to necrotic damage, and you also know the Chill Touch cantrip, followed by False Life at third level and Rave of Feeblement by fifth level. Um, I think this is this is good. This is really good because um, Tieflings have never, well, in fourth edition, they were strictly infernal, mm-hmm. but like before and after, they've never been strictly infernal, even though that's the classic look to go with and style. Um, they've always, like, lore wise, could be demonic based. Okay. Or even other planes of existence based. Based. So it's nice to have options here for that. I actually do like <clears throat> this one a lot. The resistance yeah. is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it for the races. Here we have the background. So the idea here is that you are encouraged to build your own custom background based off your backstory. Okay. Um, but they do have sample backgrounds if you don't want to think about it too hard. So, to build a background, first you need to determine your character's ability scores. Choose two of them and increase one by two and the other by one. Okay. So, it's, again, your choice based off your backstory. That's good. Skill proficiencies. Choose two skills. Your character gains proficiency in them. Again, it should be based off your backstory. So, if you are, you know, if you grew up on the streets and got involved with the Thieves Guild, you probably know a couple of thievier skills like deception or sleight of hand or stealth. Yeah, if you, if you grew up on Aunt Jenna's farm, you got big arms and you can throw... Bales of hay real good. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Um, tool proficiency. Choose one tool. Your character gains the tool proficiency with it. Uh, language. Choose one language. Uh, from the standard languages or rare languages table. Again, it should just be based off your backstory. <clears throat> and then, I believe, finally, you get to choose one first level feat. Um, your character gains a feat. We're going to look at some of these feats in a second here. Uh, and then lastly, all characters gain 50 gold pieces worth of starting equipment. So... Ooh, okay. So it's up to you how to spend it. Exactly, and like it's so like I guess I I didn't know this, but a lot of people I guess were really drawn to the noble background because you got more gold for it. Yes, I didn't. I never knew that was a thing. It was. I thought it was a bad thing. It's a bad thing. No, it is a bad. That's yeah. why they're getting rid of it like it's this. Gamified. Yeah, it's gamified instantly. Instantly. Like, yeah. Like, I I really Which is crazy. I really don't care for any of it. Like. If you're an adventurer with an adventuring, I like the stock adventuring equipment. Mm-hmm. You're a dungeon yeah. diver or you're whatever yeah. the fuck the two are. And it's got all the same shit in it pretty much. Mm-hmm. And like it comes up most of the time it's rope. Most of the time people <laughs> need rope to do the dumb thing they want to do. Yeah, sure. Like let's let's explore what we can do with rope. Well, so do you know how many fucking rope things you go like I'm guilty of this for sure. Like, hey, I've got rope on me. Like, let's do something fucking mm-hmm. weird. There is something about rope that makes players want to come up with a reason to use it. It's, it's very like, true. It's like this invincible thing that, like, I'll, I can't fall if I have, have a rope. This. Yeah. Well, anyways, now all all characters start off with go- 50 gold pieces worth of equipment. 
And they have here are are the, their example backgrounds are the ones from the player's handbook, like Acolyte, uh, Artisan, Charlatan. They do have some new ones. Cultist is a fun one. Ooh. Plus two to intelligence, plus one to charisma, uh, proficient in arcana, religion, disguise kit, and the language of abyssal. That sounds and good. Their starting fee for that one is magic initiate arcane. So like like the the uh, example ones are great, but like looking at them actually inspires me to like, oh, this will be cool to come up with one. Like, let me come up with a background. I'll name it and like I'll, I'll get it all thematically lined up and it'll be great. <laughs> yeah. Cults are fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we can just go ahead and skip these unless you particularly want to talk about any of these example backgrounds uh i mean like they're all the ones that you've been seeing like, yeah there's a so like, there's pilgrim and laborer there's a new um, okay guide. and you kind of can get the idea behind that yeah exactly but they make sense for their them to be here this, yeah sure this makes sense like yeah. i used to work in the mines mm-hmm. and now i fucking fuck that shit i'm yeah. gonna go like look in some other mines for gold <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, starting languages, they're the same languages. Um, all right, feats. I love so, this. I would, if somebody picked Pilgrim background and I was a player with them, I'd call them fucking Pilgrim. Yeah, absolutely. What's up, Pilgrim? So, level one feats. We're here. Okay. Are we? We're oh, here. Yep. I made it. Um, you'll notice that some of these feats are feats from, from, I never know. It's not the previous edition, right? It's it's from the, the original, from 5e, OG 5e. What are we calling it? What the do we call it? The thing we're in now. Yeah, the, well, yeah, no, what do we call the, like, I'm trying to, ref, like, the alert feat is here. If one D&D is the next thing, yeah, that implies that this is the D, old edition. This is zero D&D. We're currently in, we're <laughs> currently in year zero. I guess so. My point is, you'll notice that the alert feat is here. You'll notice other feats from the player's handbook, is that's how I'm going to say it, um, are here, but they've also been changed. So for the alert feat, First level feat. You can see the designation there. No prerequisite, which implies there will be prerequisites for f- future feats. Uh, repeatable, no, which means that some feats will be repeatable. What does that mean? Meaning you could take it more than once. Oh. Yeah. That is a new concept to Exactly, me. yes. So, like, if they're... So there will be probably feats later that are repeatable. You could take multiple times for reasons. Okay. I'm trying to imagine what that... I mean, description looks like. I don't know. You know Let's I mean? see. Magic initiate. Let me see if that's repeatable because that sounds like one that would be. Yeah, lucky's not repeatable. Repeatable, yes, Musician but you must not... choose a different spell list each time. Like that. Okay. Yeah. See, that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna learn it for these spells. Now I'm gonna do it for these spells. Yeah. Exactly. Like you can't become a savage attacker more than once because you already are one. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So alert. Uh, well, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go over every single feat, or or any of these in particular? Um, like, let's go over. Let's go over alert since we've talked about it so okay. much. Okay. And then um, we'll get an idea for the rest. We'll, yeah. We'll pick a couple. Always on the lookout for danger. You gain the following benefits. Uh, initiate initiative proficiency. You gain you when you roll initiative. You can add your proficiency bonus to the roll. You also get you also get initiative swap immediately after you roll initiative. You can swap your initiative with the initiative one willing ally in the same combat. You can't make the swap if you or the ally is incapacitated. Swap. So you I rolled a twenty and they rolled a ten and I want to go where they're going and they're going to go where I went. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is very very so useful. Useful. Yes. Yeah. And I think their idea here is that every feat will have a. Like a, a passive or self use thing, and all one, and and then I'll also have a, a more active use as well. Yeah, affecting other players in that way—that's e like. Um, yeah, that's very uh, lazy lord. Yes, yeah, yeah, like that's the cool warlord. Stuff. Very, very, very much so. 
Um, then we have Crafter. Uh, Healer is pretty interesting. So I remember they were they were talking specifically about this feat, and they were talking about how the thing about the Healer is that it's very, like, unintuitively not doesn't have great synergy with, like, a Cleric because you can already heal, right? It's like, why would you oh. ever use this stuff because you can already do better versions of it, right? It's traditional medicine. Yeah. The feat. So they, they wanted this feat and other feats like it to be useful for a Cleric, but also for a not cleric. So you tell me how good of a job they did. Um, so you have training and you have the training and intuition to administer first aid and, uh, and other care effectively, granting you the following benefits. Number one, battle medic. If you have a healer's kit, you can expend one use of it and tend to a creature within five feet of you as an action. That creature can expend one of its hit die uh, and you then roll that die. The creature gains a, a number of hit points equal to the roll plus your proficiency bonus. Okay, cool. And then also healing rerolls. Whenever you roll a die to determine the number of hit points you restore with a spell or with this feat's battle medic benefit, you can reroll the die if it rolls a one and you must use the new roll. So this seems like a cool solve for like, oh, we there's no cleric in the party. Like, mm-hmm. Dog, you never had to have. I have to react as a dungeon master to whether there's a cleric in the party or not. Mm-hmm. Now anybody can be a healer. Well, I mean, yes. I, I'm pretty sure the battle medic portion of this is what what existed before. I think the main takeaway is like now if you're a cleric and you take this, there's actually a, a good reason that you would want to, and that's like any spell that you cast, you can re-roll a heal. Yeah, that, a that is very good. Yeah. Um, and on, then also like for the person who isn't, uh, doesn't have healing magic. Well, not only do they get the battle medic thing that they would have gotten in the first place, but they could re-roll it if they do it bad. So that, that you know, cool. that's something. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I'll they, check out the lucky one. Um, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say the you the the most similar to healer is the musician back uh, feat, which basically they they came up with a reason that a bard would take this right because as a mus- as a bard you probably already are proficient with musical instruments. Yeah. Well, I there see. is a feature that you get that would be useful to a bard or to any other class. Okay. In their inspiring song. So, but yeah, go you. We we could talk about any of these. Yeah, feats. Lucky's a super controversial one in Five E. That's OP, right? It is. I don't know what changes they may or may not have made to it. So you have inexplicable luck that can kick in at just the right moment, granting the following benefits: luck points. You have the number of luck. You have a number of luck points equal to your proficiency bonus. You can spend the points on the benefits below, and you regain your expended luck points when you finish a long rest. Uh, advantage: immediately after you roll a d20 for a d20 test, you can spend one luck point to give yourself advantage on that roll. Now, I mean. That that little caveat there, test has an asterisk next to it. It's probably means, something in the glossary. Yeah, but it, look. I get the idea. Yeah. It's like your test roll is like this one doesn't count. Like the one you roll advantage on will count. Like the higher of the two. That might be what it means. Test roll. I do the roll and then I spend the point afterwards. So that we'll we'll see. We'll yeah. get to the glossary, I guess. Right. Yeah. Disadvantage when the creature rolls a d twenty for an attack roll against you, you can spend one luck point to impose disadvantage on that roll. Uh, and that's it. That's the whole feat. Okay. So how do you feel about it? Seems a little better. Like, more balanced. Yeah, sorry. I was trying to read this thing on D&D tests, and it, the wording on it is kind of confusing me right now. Um, let's see. We got Magic Initiative. We've already talked about Tavern Brawler. It should give you a good idea based off the name. Toughness. Your hit point maximum increases by an amount equal to twice your character level when you gain this feat. Whenever you gain a level thereafter, your hit point maximum increases by an additional 2 HP. That's exactly the same. Um, yeah, 
the D20 test. The term D20 test encompasses the three main D20 roles of the game, ability checks, attack rolls, and saving throws. If something in the game affects D20 tests, it affects all three of those roles. Hmm. The DM determines whether a D20 test is warranted in Are they just using situation. the word test in place of, like, check or roll? Because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like they're 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 using the word test in place of those. To be warranted, a D20 test must have a target number no less than 5 and no greater than 30. I'm confused. I'm also confused. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand. Maybe someone in the comments can explain. Let us know what we're missing. Yeah, because uh, yeah, we're re I'm reading this for the first time live, and it sounds like you are too. Yeah, I didn't read that particular glossary bit before. Yeah, I feel like the, this is like, okay... Well, with the luck one in particular, the first one I roll is the test roll. Yeah, I understand I what decide, you were saying, but yeah. I know wizards enough to to know that. I'm like, that doesn't sound like well, what they yeah, mean. Why write the rest of this stuff here, right? So there's something here I'm missing. And then what's this last part about, uh, like, to be warranted, a D20 test must have a target number no less than five and no greater than 30? What is that? What is this language? Must have a, a target number. What is target number? Well, that'd be like the DC or AC or so, whatever. So, okay, yeah. so target. Okay, so yeah, they are substituting language in here, right? For I what? I think so. I'm not sure. I feel like I'm missing something there. But how do you feel about the level one feats in the background? This this whole concept. I, I like them. I think like I always want to take the feat because it's more interesting anyway, and to have them baked into the character building seems like a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Very customizable stuff that's going to have more characters feel more individual. And that, that was one of my complaints with the toolkits being clunky. Mm -hmm. It kind of groups me in to, like, this feeling of, like, not being an individual. Right. Um, this this can give, like, an individual flavor to a character. Like, you set it up a very specific way that works for you and the character that you had in mind. Right. It's all good. Yeah, I agree. Um, I want to talk about one more thing before we end the show, and that is the very controversial critical hits rules that mm. they have changed that mm. everyone wants to burn the game to the earth for i think they're fine they feel like pokemon what when i score a critical hit oh no 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 they've, the they've changed crits yes i see that yeah, but like yeah. i just letting you know i like before well, I you like it before fine i like our homebrew rule yeah which is actually the orc uh feature. oh yeah 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 and then i like the i like the regular one too it's all okay. good it's well, like extra damage but this is neither of those so here we go. Oh, okay. Weapons and unarmed strikes have a special feature for player characters, critical hits. Mm. So only weapon and unarmed strikes can have critical hits in this game. So here's where the critical 20 actually comes into play as a real thing, right? Like 20s on skill checks are not auto successes. Oh, no. That's well, a table rule. Yeah, those, those are now, too. Uh, we haven't got that. I'm talking, I'm talking about critical hits. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about the auto successes on skills. That's a different thing that they have added as well. I see. Now, okay. now the the one in the twenty on on skill checks are auto fails and six and saves. What? That is okay. that's part of the playtest. Right. Okay. That okay. hasn't. Well, that has changed, and that that is now because that's how people play most of the time, anyways. Yeah. So they're playtesting it, but this is literally changing the way critical hits. Only weapons and unarmed strikes can do critical damage. Okay. Spells cannot. Smites cannot. Sneak attacks cannot. Only weapons and unarmed strikes. Okay. Um, let me see. So with a weapon or unarmed strike, the attack is also a critical hit, which means it deals extra damage to the target. You roll the damage die of the weapon or unarmed strike a second time and add the second roll as the extra damage to the target. 
Uh, for example, a mace deals bludgeoning damage equal to 1, 6 plus your strength mod. If you score a crit with the mace, it instead deals 2d6 plus your strength mod. Um, if your weapon or unarmed strike has no damage dice, it deals no extra damage on the critical hit. Um, there's another thing, and I, I, it wasn't written there, but I know for a fact that it's a thing now. They have changed it so that only player characters can critical hit. Monsters oh, okay. can That's... no longer critical hit. Hmm. Interesting. I like it. I like the player version. Um, I don't know how yet to feel about monsters not being able to crit back. So they've talked about how in place of crits, they will make it so like, I think it was every time you roll a, uh, a 20 with a monster, it gets its recharge ability back. But as of now, the way monsters are written, there's not enough recharge abilities to make that like rebalanced. Well, okay, I can see the positives from this, which is like less surprises from the DM accidentally killing people with like a crazy critical attack. Sure. Like damn, I got critted and that's why I died and like fuck my fuck me, experience I guess. as a dungeon master is that players are too powerful already. Yes, they are. So, like I taking this away from monsters doesn't seem like a good move unless they replace it with something potent, which they said they 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 hinted that they might. Yeah, but maybe it won't be so random. Like a recharge would maybe. be more controlled. Maybe. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Okay. So anything else you want to add to this uh unearthed arcana? Um well we got a little bit of sheet here. Got a couple pages left. Yeah, it's uh, just glossary stuff if yeah. you want to read over it. And then there's the spell list at the end which mimics the five E one. So no if there's it doesn't look like there's a lot here. It just like kind of um touches on some things that you read earlier right mm -hmm. and expands on them yeah. and that that's okay i think i think if you're interested in that definitely definitely go read it um i think i think we're doing good for how we're how we're going on the show <laughs> how we've addressed this right now i feel yeah i mean this is again this is a playtest there is idea. nothing on this sheet that is permanent like i wouldn't be surprised i mean i may maybe a little surprised but i wouldn't be surprised if 80 percent of everything on this does not make it into whatever ends up being the final product yes like they want your feedback so if i would i would suggest everyone get in here check it out and give your feedback yeah when you go to the wizards uh when you go to the dnd beyond rate or not the beyond site the regular dnd website there's just a bunch of surveys right there i think they're looking for for feedback okay. on this so yeah I, I would also encourage uh anybody interested in this game to to do that with that being said, I think we can get ready for long rest. Let's do that. Shout out to oh, yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the show where we're we this is this is the the one rest. <laughs> the one rest to, to rule well, them that, all. It's not true. We had a rest earlier. It, it was, was a short one. This is this is D D. This is this is rest next. <laughs> I was gonna say it's Rest Six Edition. It's sixy. This is the sixth version of Rest we've come up with. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna call it that. We're just gonna call it the Long Rest. And welcome to it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I know this was a long one. Usually we would shout out patrons here, but we're gonna save that for an episode that is not so crazy long because we have a lot of patrons that have come in. Yeah, uh, we have a, we have a big list, and we want to thank them all properly. Um, yes, I want to thank you now. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys you now. So now a lot of these patrons, I imagine, are coming from YouTube. Mm -hmm. Because we've been demonetized there, and we want to like kind of raise the awareness of that issue because we think it's very possible for us to get remonetized. There's been a lot of speculation in YouTube comments about why you think we've been demonetized, and let me tell you, we don't fucking, we really actually don't know because YouTube didn't actually tell us why. Yeah. 
And we could. I'll speculate. be honest. I don't think they know either. <laughs> they might not know either because a robot did it. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think a robot did it. Robots piloted by people. Welcome to Google. Uh, anyway, they uh, they suck. I hate I hate I hate everything that has happened in this experience a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been super troublesome. It's costing us a lot of time, and it's the most valuable resource we have. So if you guys want to tweet at YouTube and tell them that they suck shit on our behalf, <laughs> it helps move the gears. Yeah, um, we've got- I mean, be more specific in that, like, hey, remonetize this YouTube channel. They haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, essentially that's <laughs> it. Like, hey, why did you do this? Stop doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you know that. That is my call to action to you guys. If you haven't seen that video or haven't heard about this and you're just hearing about it for the first time, we've been demonetized for roughly four months, five months now. We're somewhere in that ballpark. Um, it's been four months. It's it's like, okay, this fe- this officially feels super egregious to me. It did before, but now it's like, yeah, uh, okay, we, we need to do something about this, and there's nothing we can do about this. Like We've gotten a lot of great suggestions. We're going to follow some of these avenues, and thank you guys so much for your your outpouring of support for this. We we're really grateful to have such a wonderful like listening audience and viewing and viewership that is willing to back us like that. Uh, it means a lot. If you want to keep helping, tweet at those fools. Get reach out to them on social media and tell them uh, about what has happened here and that they need to change it. We're gonna start doing similar things on our end. Well, we already have. So, thank you guys so much. If you wanna uh, so. Support us monetarily. The way the best way to do that is go to Patreon.com/slash The DungeonCast. We're doing a lot of cool stuff there, like uh, letting uh, patrons vote on what episodes are coming up next. Um, we still have uh, uh, the ultimate power when it comes to deciding what gets released. So some things got mixed up in the schedule, and some things. Uh, one episode made it into the poll that shouldn't have, uh, but it was our first one. Our next one will be super clean. We have uh, lots of cool plans, and there's going to be an option for patrons at higher tiers to nominate episode topics rather than us presenting them to you for you to vote on. You will be able to tell us what episode in particular you would want to see. We will we'll collect that data and put that into a poll and everybody can vote on that. And I think that's going to be a really cool system. It's going to get the community uh, involved and you guys involved in uh, like what gets covered on the show. A lot of people ask us about that just on like YouTube or whatever. Uh, and yeah, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and create an outlet for you to do that. Um, and we're really excited for it. So thanks everybody who participated in that poll. You're going to see the results of that coming up very soon. Uh, when we talk about dragon turtles, congratulations to dragon turtles. <laughs> who won have, the poll. We've won the poll, uh, and runner up. Let's talk about wild shape. Um, Oh yeah. There's a runner up. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we'll, we'll have more instructions on Patreon for patrons, about how things are going to look moving forward and and, then this and that. Uh, There's going to be a couple episodes you're going to hear before Dragon Turtles because of the way we record episodes, but Mm -hmm. the next available one Also, the big announcement kind of like turned everything on its head because we had to get this out. When something like this this episode topic happens, we're going to prioritize it. But the next one that we have and the the first episode we're going to record in our next batch of recordings is is Dragon Dragon Turtles. Turtles. So thank you for making... That would not have been the case otherwise. So thank you guys. Um, you can leave an Apple podcast review or a Spotify review. Uh, we would really appreciate that. We love reading those, especially if they're fivers and you can also leave a subscribe, like comment and push that YouTube algorithm, get some attention on that bad boy, put some spice on the YouTube video and maybe, uh, the Google gods will come down from the heavens that they preside (laughs) over and take pity upon our poor little channel. Um, 
but yeah, thank you guys so much for your your support. Uh, you can check out our Discord if you want to get more involved with the D&D community there. It's very awesome. We've got some wonderful administrators and mods running that. And there's a lot of really cool channels where you can talk about not only the Dungeon Cast and SuperQuest Saga, but Dungeons & Dragons character building, DM assistance, finding friends to play a game. All that is there for you. Um, check out our social media like uh, Twitter and, and all that. And uh, I think that's it. You want to call it a game? Let's call it a game. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.